AG1 is a comprehensive and convenient blend of over 70 high quality ingredients. And what that means is each morning when I wake up, before I do anything else, I drink AG1 to set me up for the day. It keeps me clear headed, full of energy and focused on whatever I need to do, like writing the fighting cock, for example. One scoop once a day before breakfast and that's it. I've actually found that I've not been needing coffee in the morning to get me started. I've still been drinking coffee because I love coffee, but it's not because it's like a necessity to do so. AG1 is made out of the highest quality ingredients subject to the strictest manufacturing standards. AG1 is NSF certified for sport and this process involves exhaustive testing and verification that every serving of AG1 is exactly what you see on the label. If you want to take ownership of your health, try AG1 and get a free one year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs for your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com forward slash the fighting cock. That's drinkag1.com forward slash the fighting cock to get started. And to help the podcast. Thank you very much. Have a great day and enjoy the show. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. It's the fighting. Hello, welcome to the Fighting Cop Podcast. It is season 13, it's episode 16, and this is the episode where we talk about us pushing Sheffield United's guts in. I mean, only one two one, but it was. It felt like a. It felt like, we battered them, didn't we? We absolutely fucking battered. Them. Anyway, joined by Ricky and John. How you doing, boys? What's happening? Good. All good. All good. Oh, jinx. Well, <laughs> uh, just quickly, so because people keep asking, the social is sold out against Arsenal. There is no more tickets. I can't make tickets appear that aren't there. There's a safety certificate that says no more than two hundred. We're at two hundred. We're literally over two hundred. I think. Um, so hoping a couple of people don't turn up so there's no more tickets so please stop asking because I cannot magic these tickets out of thin air um, should have got there earlier or should yeah, I listen to the podcast you. I think you can tell people that don't listen to the podcast that still want to come to the social which is fine it's absolutely fine it's not, they're not mutually exclusive um, but um, the bloke are you, are you doing the social or not and I mean, we talked about it last three episodes it's like oh yeah 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 you didn't listen did you bastard um <laughs> boys how does that rank as one of the top moments in the new stadium that last gasp kulisevsky fucking bullet just drilled it straight into the net that place exploded ricky you you were you were in amongst the, the south stand weren't you yeah 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 i was um it's it's weird because you're what what I'm saying is one of the best feelings is against Sheffield United two like like two last minute goals. But what it was is obviously it's not the opponent, it's not the occasion, it's just that we were looking down the barrel and it was we're fucking like what were we ten minutes into like injury time. Um and the more the game wore on, I st- I still felt we could get an equaliser. I really did. Um, didn't expect the winner. And for it to happen, I think there's like, um, was it two minutes of each other or something like that? Yeah. One, yeah. For, 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 for it to happen in that quick succession at that point of the game was just, it was mind-blowing. Honestly, the, the, the emotion... 
an atmosphere of that second goal going in. I I really can't place a time where I have celebrated that mad. It was it was insane, and everywhere you looked around the stadium. Everyone had completely lost it, utterly <laughs> lost it. You cannot bottle that. You, can, you, you, you the, can't. If you could, if you could, then it, it's better than any drug on earth. It's better than anything yeah. you can do. There is nothing that makes you feel the way a last gasp winning goal does. And and, and we've got a question here, John, actually, from uh, Ordere Est Lamella. Says, um, why do these? Why do the goals in a league win against Sheffield United generate such ecstatic euphoria, which we seemingly haven't felt since that night in Amsterdam? Can you? Do you? Un- can we try and piece together the reasons why that was so special on Saturday? Yeah, I am. Um, I think when it's these type of moments, it's not the game, it's not the goal. Like, yeah, to a certain extent, it's like a combination of like the circumstances of a game. But I also think it's what it represented in terms of the momentum and the, the good feeling under Ange. And if this had been, you know, like we had we had late winners, all right, not at home, but we had like the Leicester game under Conte and we've had other like dramatic late wins. But there's something about this team where it felt like we deserved like to win the game and not, not just draw it to Rick's point, but like to actually go on and win it because you know, if you looked at the stats and everything around it, we absolutely battered them in the game, like on every metric. I know yeah. I'm not, you know, known for my love of statistics and data, but in this instance, you know, we we dominated on every metric. But it was, like I said, it's more than just uh, what was happening on the pitch in that um, 105 minutes, whatever it was in the end. It's the start to the season that we've had, the positive feeling that we're getting from Ange and from this squad of players, the buy-in, and there's just this really good feeling. I think everyone saw this. We did the, You guys did the preview before the game. Everyone saw this as, this is a potential banana skin. And it felt like it was going to go that way. And I think if the game had ended 1-0, people would have been frustrated and upset. But I think they would have seen that we did everything we possibly could to try and win the game, and we're building something. So the fact that you then get everything you deserve in the last second of the game with a fucking great goal really is just like an explosion of positive emotion outside of just scoring a last-minute winner in a game. It's representing this like change in a new era um, and the Ange, yeah. the Ange train rolls on. That's it. It was evidence of the fact that what we know or what we hope to be happening was evident in front of you. You know, Part of Ange's yeah. philosophy, and, and you know, this is some of the quotes that came out of his time at Celtic, we were saying... We don't give up. We don't give up. We never give up. We fight to the end. We play to the end. And that was a manifestation of what we hope was true. And I think that was a part of why it was such a an explosive moment. And the fact that through 90 minutes, we had just done everything we could to score. Fodderingham, their goalkeeper, is ranked number one for shots saved in the Premier League this season. He saved 12. We had how many shots on target? 12 shots on target? He's only saved. He saved a total of twenty-eight since he's um, in the games that he's played for Sheffield United this season. Right, half of them came in that game. We battered them. We tore them a new one. It was. It was all. It was just. And it was just. It was. It was. We. Oh fuck! We're getting what we deserve. We deserve this. We've scored the goal. We get. We put everything into this game, and. We, we 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 got it. We got what what we thought we deserved, and that was and, and and you know not not least the fact that we're just you know playing Arsenal next week as well. So it was massive to win that game. Um, I think it's as well some of the um, like the, the the feeling within the stadium and why it it went that berserk um, is because the frustration that had built up during the game because of the refereeing decisions. Some yeah. of the decisions we just n- nobody in the stadium could understand why the decisions were being given. The kind of feigning of injuries and cramp and stuff like that. Uh, the keeper wasting time. All these different things, and you know, it's kind of like they are just doing their utmost best to d- disrupt our rhythm. Um, and and they they knew that we were just going to c- continue to attack them, and they're doing everything they possibly could. And then when that t- the, the 12 minutes went up, I mean, it was kind of like that raw. And also, I, I don't know if it, the cameras picked up on it. Uh, Madison, he it was at the, he was looking at the south stand, just waving his hands up, like saying, come on, come on, come on. And then 
the the fans started like singing even more, and it was just that real drive. It was like the last twelve minutes, like you can fucking do it, Tottenham. Yeah. And then when that first goal came, it was like it's fucking on, mate. It is fucking on. I want to talk about Richarlison and his redemption arc and how this could be the start of it in a minute. But before then, it was it was all of those things. It was the time wasting. It was their goalkeeper was time wasting since, since the start. Every opportunity they 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 could take to disrupt the game, they did. And I don't blame them for it. I understand the challenges that they have and, and they have to level the playing field in any way they can. I don't. I understand that. And part of being good is accepting that this is what teams are going to do when they come to you. But they, they were taking it to a level which I don't think I've seen before. And I didn't... Like, let's, let's talk about the referee as well because he, he, he contributed to it. Fucking Peter Banks, yeah. is that his name? Like, he, how he is considered to be one of the best referees in, in this country... And he does that, that sort of display, like dead cert penalty on Madison. VAR looks at it, no, nah, no, nah, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Literally fucking, there was, um, there was the, 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 the complete, you know, abandonment of any punishment for the time wasting for their keeper. He got a yellow card for handling outside the box. And I thought, I actually thought, when you handle outside the box, the, uh, it's like a straight red. But apparently it's only if you prevent a goal scoring chance. So in that instance, that yellow card. But that was fine, right? That was in the first half. The second half, aren't, you're supposed to get booked for time wasting, as, as far as I understand. If you could persistent mm. time wasting, why wasn't he sent off then? Because he didn't have the bollocks to do it. Bottled it. Yeah, because normally what happens, because we, like, we've seen so many, it's usually this type of game. I remember Foster doing it for Watford. We've had Burnley doing it against us. We've had West Brom over the years doing it against us. Normally what happens is they time wasting basically from minute one and then at like 80, 80 minutes plus, they get a yellow card so that the ref can be like, well, I booked them for doing it. So what else can I do? But in this game, because he'd been booked for the handball, it was like the ref was like, well, I can't send him off for this. And it's like, but that's exactly what you need to do if you want to stop this kind of stuff happening. Um, but ultimately that kind of did us a favour, right? Because in the, with the new rules... Time wasting only serves to really like take the sting out of momentum. It doesn't actually like run the clock down anymore because that's ac actually what this whole rule is about is that it's about the amount of time that's, you know, in play and all that kind mm. of stuff. So the more you're messing around with certain parts of that, you're not, you're just adding time. And ultimately, that's what helped us out. So they got what they deserved. They really did. Yeah. Get didn't, didn't uh, the uh, Heckenbottom say uh, he didn't know where the 12 minutes came from? I think I'm pretty sure. I might have dreamt it. I'm not sure. He's um... he 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 said something where he was uh, it was disapproving of the ref, uh, and he couldn't understand where the decisions come from. And I was like, "You fucking what, mate? Did you just watch the same game as I did? That fucking madness, absolute madness coming from your mouth." When that goal, I know he's like, if you didn't have the ref, you would have lost that about four nil, five nil. Yeah. Okay. Um, when that goal was scored, and you've seen the videos, you've been watching videos the last couple of days that we all have, right? The, there's the best one was the players, <laughs> Kulisevsky scores, and the, none of them know what to do. They just start yeah. running. They, there's no, like some of them ran at, um, at Kulisevsky. I think more people ran to Richarlison because he'd laid on the assist after scoring. It was just madness, like bedlam anywhere. Like I, I, I said before, but I challenge anything. There's nothing... There's no sport in the world, and there's certainly very few things that you can do that create this level of elation. Um, it was just, it was just beautiful, and I just, if if that you you put in months and months and months, we've put in three years of watching shit to to see that where we played brilliantly, passed them off the park did everything we could in order to get that ball in the net, controlled the game completely. And uh, and then our just rewards at the end. And um, yeah, it's just it's just magic. I'm just looking at this picture now with, uh, as Kulisevsky's just after he scored, I ain't seen it before. And Madison, the glee on his face as he's running. It's just, mate, I, we will talk about it every time, Ricky, but can you, we're, we're all in, you're, he's, we're in love. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. 100%. hundred yeah. percent. Do you know, do, do you know what else just quickly, while I remember? We don't even, no one's even mentioned the fact we actually scored three times in injury time. Obviously, Brendan Johnson yeah. was mildly offside, but another good, good finish. 
and you know it was just a magical magical game magical game um i think obviously postacoglu has a lot to take from it as well his substitutions were excellent were brave because we could have got done like we you know he, a lot of managers wouldn't have been as gung-ho as he has putting kuliseski into an eight allowing brennan johnson to play on the right um I think the end. Someone I read somewhere that the, at the end of the game we had one defender on the pitch. <laughs> Romero was on the pitch. Um, Do you know what I am? Um, yeah. Uh, just quickly on the on the like Ange's parts to play and like the, the substitutions and stuff. One of the things I think has been like not missed because we've we've talked about it, but we haven't like spoke about like the massive upside of this like um, leadership group as they're called. But like essentially Son is the captain, there's two vice captains that have been like named and they're like on the pitch they're seen as the like the leadership group. Now I know like we had that before essentially with like the senior players, but they weren't it wasn't like announced to us as the fan base as like these are your captain and vice captains as like a group. It was like private and they were sort of having their secret little meetings and stuff like that. But the reason I think it's really interesting as a dynamic and where I think it's like working really well is he can just he can take Son off. Like, it's not like, oh, you can't take your captain off because you need the leader there. Yeah, It's all right because you've got essentially two other captains that are, that take it like that. Like, they genuinely see it as like a captain's group and that they're prepared to lead as well, which gives you so much more flexibility to be able to, like, change things because that's how you see the game going. Because there's always the politics, isn't there? Like, we've seen it not just with Spurs, but, like, loads of teams for England, loads of different teams, where the the substitution is the captain, but they won't take him off because they're like, well, there's a, a loss of leadership or like kind of intangible stuff of what it would be psychologically to take that player off. But now he's like created this sort of leadership group. It gets rid of that problem. And it means that you can just, if you need to take Madison off, you can take him off. You need to take Son off, you can take him off and you can change things. And he did that really well. And he was really bold with the substitutions. And I think that's like, um, that's going to be a massive factor going forward is that we're going to have this fluid way of playing. And we, we as like the fan base, are so used to like Kane and Son basically playing every minute of every <laughs> game they were available. Yeah, That's not what it's going to be now. And that's actually better for us because we're going we're gonna to need this squad to, to work together. And I think that's what we saw really well in this game is basically the whole squad contributed to that game, which was great. One of the, uh, one of, one of the conversations before was that if Richardson wasn't suffering through what he was suffering through and... You know, getting upset about uh, his performance in the Brazil squad and all the stuff that was surrounding him, that perhaps Rosalisson might have been better suited in this game to Son in that number nine, but for obvious reasons, you probably couldn't start him. It brings Son off. Rosalisson comes on, and while we were dominant throughout the entirety of the game, I don't. The chances we created, there wasn't anything really super clear cut. A lot of half chances and a lot of high pressure and a lot of half opportunities that weren't you know sometimes they go in and sometimes they don't whereas Richardson came on the run for the header from the Perisic corner but the run to lose his defender obviously he's not going to miss but he's just he's got he got a finish from that from that range and it was just emphatic that header he needed that obviously but what was even better was when we were broken in for the second goal he slips over gets up gets back into the press was a massive part of us winning the ball back because he was pressing the defender in the midfielder then he gets it into the box and you're like, right, Richie, you really need to do this here. This is, you've, got, you've got to thread this ball through Zekulosevsky. And he did it. And it, look, and everyone, you say, oh, well, obviously he's going to do it. There have been times this season already where you've seen him fall over his feet without even being able to get near the ball. In this moment, for what he's going through, is a show of the mental aptitude and strength to find the pass when the whole world is talking about how you're potentially not good enough or you don't have the... You, you're, you're, there's, there's sort of mental issues going on that he, which he explained to be true. But in this moment, and a part of this redemption arc that we saw in the 15 minutes we saw from him on, on Saturday, he threaded that ball through and did what we needed to do for Kulosevsky to score. And it went up to Kulosevsky's right foot and I was like, oh, that ain't going in. He fucking well he did it in, Ricky. It's just like, bosh! I know. The, the thing is as well, like you're saying about Richie, like, he's got the ball at his feet and he can pass to, to Cooley and he, he's just scored a goal. He's going to be buzzing. He's going to be thinking, well, I'll fucking have another one. Like, I'll just f faint it, go onto my right foot, curl it in. He could have quite easily done that, but then he, he, he saw Cooley just there on his own 
and put the ball through. So it does take a lot for him to to have that mindset to be like, do you know what? There's someone else in a better position that that could do something there. So um, fair play to him, and, and also like for for his equaliser, um, he could have easily. You know, it was in the the, the ninety plus ten minutes or whatever. Um, he could have easily started doing the the Richie kind of bird dance. He could have taken his shirt off and jumped into the crowd. You know, and we could have settled. But but now nah, he was like, get back to the centre circle, pointing at the ball, like showed no emotion as to like he was like celebrating a bit, pumping his fist. But it was just get back to that centre circle. We can we can still win this game, which was fucking amazing to see. And Sonny... Yeah, uh, I love that. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, Sonny was, you know, understood how important this was for Richarlison, these, these 15 minutes and what he did in that short time. Because Sonny ran to Richarlison. He didn't run to Kulisevsky, he ran to, uh, to, to Richarlison. And obviously at the end, they're put, he's pushing him in front. And it was almost like he didn't want it, like a little bit. Mm. It felt a bit sheepish. But it was important for Son to say, actually, we're with you. We're with you. And and, and we understand how, how magnificent this is for you. And the fans lapped it up, obviously. There's also Basuma holding up the back of his shirt. Like, <laughs> like he was being bullied a bit. He just held up the back of his shirt so everyone could read Richarlison on the back. What, what, what a tight-knit group of players we've got. It's yeah, like, another reason, another reason why, why this game just felt more than just scoring a last-minute winner at home to Sheffield United. Yeah. It represented loads of stuff. Like, I didn't think about the Richarlison stuff, but, you know, all week it's been a big topic. Then he scores equaliser and sets up the winner. Like, that is, per- like, perfect from a narrative point of view in terms of getting yourself back into that um, way of thinking. And the players obviously love him, and they, they love, you know, we saw the Basuma um, tweet or whatever it was, his message afterwards, basically just saying how much he loves everything at the moment i love my club i love my teammates i love my boots love my fucking pencil set like everything he just loves everything um so there's obviously so much goodwill around the team and the fact that he you know like this outpouring for richarlison was just another like cog in a massive machine of of joy that was the end of that result um i think son as well there was a there's an interview I just read and it was saying why did you do that for rich and he was just like saying you know we're a family we are all part of a massive family um and you've seen from the news this week that uh, that he's going for a tough time and uh, we wanted to show our appreciation and that he's just as part of you know this family even though he, he didn't start um how important he was to, to the entire team which is it's great to see really because you could quite easily just i don't know make it about yourself or whatever or not even mention it but it's that um it's that togetherness that um like under Poch um during the, the, the glory years of that kind of camaraderie and everyone playing for each other and playing up until the final whistle. Um and we've not seen that in well since Poch really. Mm-hmm. And at the moment with how, how we're playing and how players are playing for each other are not as individuals or a few individuals or a leadership team or whatever it might be um it's it's massive to see and it re- you can really feel it as a fan in the stadium as well yeah um destiny adogi pedro porro best fullbacks in the league john best fullbacks in the league yeah who'd have thought it because i thought <laughs> they can't play fullback. That's what I thought. Lots That's what people, everyone was saying. Lots of That's people. What everyone thought, was saying. And what did you say? Train them. Of course, it, train them. them. Of course, they can, of course, they can play there. <laughs> the defending's the easy bit. Like anyone can learn to defend. That's why the best players aren't defenders. Because like the more talented you are going forward, that's the hardest bit of football. Being destructive is a lot easier than being creative. So I'm a firm believer in like attacking fullbacks can be taught to defend, but getting a defensive fullback to like be good going forward is very difficult prime example Aaron Wan Basaka a Man United what a brilliant defender like what a quality defender mm. they have been trying with that kid since he joined Man United to make him a good fullback and he, he can't he, he's just not very good going forward and we've had Porro learn in this position in a few weeks and he looks unbelievable same with the doggy so it's not just defending yeah it's, they're just, having to do so much like the fullback everything, poss- yeah, doing everything. The, the, what's amazing about this Possegogli system is that 
everything is intrinsic. Every every position, like you said, like you might get away in uh, in Sean Dyche side. Wambazaka would be perfect because just do your job right. as a right back, fill that space, defend well, and then you've done your job. In our system, in Postecoglou's system, everything's important. The fullbacks were as important as the as the eights. They don't work without each other. You know, the the wingers are important as the number nine because it, the space won't be there if those wingers aren't doing their job. And it's amazingly satisfying. And I know we're early days in, and I know Postecoglou's saying, look, it's... I mean, he said lots of amazing things, but one of the things I've, yeah. I've sort of held on to was the the fact that he said, "Look, it's it's kind of next season for me. It's like what what you know, it takes a while for 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 players to get and understand what I'm trying to get them to do." And I think there may be a misunderstanding in Spurs fans and 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 people outside of the club looking in and thinking it's done, the work's done, we're as good as we're going to be. The frightening thing, boys, is. We're probably not even half as good as we can, we're going to be. We're probably operating at 40, 50%. Pastor Cogley's looking at that and going, probably looking at it and going, there are a hundred things we can be doing better than what we are doing right now. That is frightening. Yeah, yeah he, he also mentioned that um, he's still looking towards the, the next one or two transfer windows yeah. to really get to where the, the squad that he actually wants, which is exactly in what you were saying. He's looking at looking ahead to next season is when everything will be fully embedded and he will have the, the squad that he wants. But it's um it's mad, isn't it, that after... I, I thought, not saying that we're the finished article or anything like that, but from um, a team for the past three years that have been used to playing um, a low block... Um, like low block tactics, um, counter-attacking football... Um, to then what Ange has been teaching them and to see the kind of, you can, you can see examples in, in all of our games and how we've scored and how we're conducting ourselves on the pitch that it's just taken five games. I know there's a lot going on, you know, in training and stuff like that, but to see stuff actually happening and it's the fruition of it coming into games is it's crazy, really, to to have stuff like that 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 quickly. It's I, I, think, I thought it taken a lot longer. Yeah, same. But if I think he has, if you, if you look at, he's got almost like a perfect squad for him. There's only a couple of players that he has really kind of, you know, the Poro and Odogi stuff would have done, would have would have been work. I'd imagine he would have to put a lot of work in into making sure that they they understood what they were trying to do. But you have got a reinvigorated Basuma who was you know desperate for uh, Conte to leave. A perfect role for him in that midfield, which is, you know, that six and with the option to carry or the expectation to carry and be creative, but also be destructive. That's perfect. It's, like he's, it's, it's his game perfect. It's, it, 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 there isn't a more perfect role than Basuma than the one he's got under Postacoglu at Spurs. Then you've got Madison in a system where the eights have so much freedom and they have to be intrinsic to the attack. Have to break the lines and, and and find ways for us to connect the ball to um, get it to the strikers, or even take carry it on and, and take a chance on yourself. Perfect for Madison. So it, it kind of it's it makes sense. Although this is way way more quicker than I thought it was going to be, but it makes it all kind of feels so deliberate and so satisfying that I just I just I'm just so fucking happy for the first time in years. I'm really really happy being a Spurs fan and um, it's all down to that gorgeous little well big Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky Lucky? In line at the deli I guess Aha in my dentist's office more than once actually Do I have to say? Yes you do In the car before my kids PTA meeting Really? Yes Excuse me what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky I never win and tell well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> big Ange. Do you, um, big, big Ange. Do, do you think that um, pundits and like, Ange himself like was trying to... Uh, be realistic in terms of like his experience of how long it's taken him previously is completely reasonable that it's taken him two years but he's never had players of the quality that he inherited like I know that we all like were frustrated and loathe with players but essentially where do we finish seventh or eighth right seventh or eighth in the prem is still like way better like miles better in terms of the quality of players than most of the entire world in terms of quality of players and systems and stuff like that that they used to be playing in. So add in a couple of signings that we've made. This is, in terms of quality, this is way above what he would have been used to working with. And Better I wonder if there is quicker, an element... Quicker to adopt his Quicker ideas. to learn. Yeah. Yeah. So I wonder if there is an element of... Look, I'm not saying he's now like, oh yeah, okay, fine. We're, we're, we're ready. I agree with you. I still think that there's room for us to grow. I wonder within like within the context of the season that where we're at and the points that we've got already is way beyond what he was expecting certainly beyond what I was expecting I thought we'd have um more bumps in the road already I still expect us to have some by the way I'm not saying it's just yeah uh, all 100% I still think we have to be patient and like I said if we would have ended up losing that game but we played the way we did I'd have been really annoyed and frustrated but I would have accepted it because I think we we still need to like bear that in mind but I also feel like but if we can just learn on the job, essentially, and just keep picking up points, I know we definitely won't, but could we? Could we? Don't know. It's a good question. Um, look, if you look at the strength of a schedule, I don't know how much stock you can place in this, um, but there is a system where you they can rate how difficult your, the start of your season's been. The Spurs, according to this chart, have had the second easiest start. Chelsea, weirdly, well, not weirdly, funnily, have had the easiest start. Uh, Arsenal have had the fourth easiest and Manchester City have the third. But Spurs, apparently, according to this, have the second. That's fine. Maybe the, seat, the fixtures have been favourable, right? There are teams, all, you know, barring United, you kind of do expect to win those games. We're basically smashing these fucking teams and we should be beating them anyway. But the way we're beating them, that's, yeah. that's what's so impressive about it. So it doesn't matter that these games, these fixtures are easier on paper if the way we win them is as emphatic as it was do you know what I mean yeah like that, that start we had under Conte when we had it was like the best start we'd ever had to a Premier League season I didn't feel anywhere near like this because it wasn't emphatic it was like yes. scrappy yeah, last yeah. minute win, yeah. like winners and equalised do you know what I mean it, it felt like god we're hanging on by the skin of our teeth getting through these games this is completely different I feel like we deserve every win and every point that we've got like we definitely deserve it based on the performances and that's what we all felt all along is what we wanted is the performances and the way we play is, is as important for us and when the results come with it that's the that is the ideal scenario Rick we've got a question here from Jack he says what do you think what do you think will prove to be our best front three across the season with six players with three positions who all possess different skill sets it seems we have some great options Kulisevsky as an eight at the end of the game, uh, game on Saturday was brilliant could be useful against low blocks What's your what's your your gut, gut feeling for our front three at the moment, Rick? Who would you who would you like to see start the vast majority? Um, I think uh, probably if they're all fit, all firing, I would probably go with Son on the left, Richie in the middle, and Kulisevsky. Um, I think just naturally both uh, Son and Kulisevsky. Uh, just because of the types of players they are, they naturally like. I mean, people say that Son isn't as quick anymore. He is a bit more uh, reluctant to run past this player, take a man on. But I think with Son and his aura and just how still a, a fantastic footballer is, he's always going to occupy defenders. They're always going to have to watch him. They can't just be like, oh, it's, it's just Sonny. I'll let him go. They're always going to have to uh, mark him. So it's always going to be able to create space for Madison to, to run in the channels. And Kulisewski, he, like like uh, I think in the WhatsApp group, or was it on the pod? I can't remember. He had that purple patch and he was amazing. And then he just, his form dropped off a cliff. His uh, He got injured as well. 
but when when he is playing and he's on song he he is uh, he's a fantastic player and he's the type of player that again m- much like son when you're hugging the touchline it's one of those players that you cannot leave you have to keep your eye on them and even when he goes one on one against someone he's got every chance of taking them on so yeah. I just think that the width that they both create and that they have to occupy the defenders, you have to leave. You're going to create gaps for 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 our eights to run through. Um, I think I'm really excited about Brennan Johnson because I just think he gives that um, that variety to to what Kulusevski doesn't. I think he's just he's got that pace and he's more direct. And you saw that goalie too. I mean, that was like the, the control, mm. and then to finish as well. That's like I I don't see Kulisevsky doing that. No, they, um, that that front they all have different sort of skill sets, don't they? Different profiles. Yeah, yeah, and off exactly. Off. So, so yeah, so it depending. And then again, when we got to uh, the kind of um, end of the game or nearing the end of the game, and Perisic come on, and he can fucking ping a right ball in, man. Like there's so many different elements of the different players we can bring in, but yeah, that that would be my uh, favoured front three. Do you like the cut of Solomon's jib? I, I do. I do feel like he he was a bit wasteful with his shooting. He did keep keep cutting <laughs> in onto that right foot, and the shots just kept just they being that slight bit over, and it's just they were just going in the exact same position and he there was a few bits which was a bit uh like Sissoko stroke Mora where he was taking players on but bundling his way through still winning the ball back carrying on dribbling um but I think once things settle down and he really understands uh what's being asked of him and to play it simple to take the player on and give the ball and not hold on to the ball as much and I think the same could be said for um, Kulusevski as well. I think he's still getting back to the, the form that he was once in. Do you, do you um, got to remember, and he can release on Kulusevski, and I was really, yeah. I was, I was really critical of him as well. But you remember, like he's, we had a terrorist for a manager last season. All of our players were shit, apart from Kane. Son mm. literally had the worst season he's ever had at Tottenham. He was, he was awful last year. And I think it's easy to underestimate how much of an impact that Conte had on him. Look at how positive the impact that Postacoglu's had in the short time. Now, imagine the polar opposite and the type of energy created by Conte. These players yeah. can't play in that environment. And and Kulusevski, that was his best performance, I think, that he's had since that purple patch that he had when we signed him. Did you see it? He, he made a comment as well about like this underhand comment about Conte and he was saying that oh in this team like I don't I don't have to play wing back or I don't have to track back and defend as much or something like that yeah and I was like oh shots fired boy what do you think Conte is doing right now he's watching Spurs watching us tear up these teams that we've I mean, there was there is no chance we would have beaten Sheffield United last season with you know Conte's tactics and the, the way you had us playing and the way the players responded to him is he looking at this going fuck oh shit this was my fault i didn't do that no. i didn't he's not is he because he's a psychopath no yeah exactly he's still looking at it going like it, you know he'll just be like deflecting everything so it'll be like you know that they, they signed the players for this manager but they didn't sign it for me yeah. um, they're all turncoats oh let's see what happens they'll you know like <laughs> It'd just be the usual protective stuff. I imagine what he's doing is he's gone on FIFA, he's got Spurs, you know, when you can edit the squad, and he's just like basically changed all of our players for like Northampton Town players, and then he's put like the striker in goal, the goalkeeper up front, he's playing like a flat ten up front, and then just watching us get relegated through the league, just put it, putting it on like auto play, yeah, and just wanking. Why, why, why did you pick Northampton? It's a bit out of order. Yeah, it's really load of cobblers, mate. Very good, John. Um, Very good. Uh, I loved Andrew's comments as well. When um, I think it was on Spurs TV, when he just went, he said, uh, "Should you, you know, the Tottenham fans temper their expectations somewhat?" And everyone's seen it, but he just goes, "No, let them, just let them, let them get carried away. Let them dream. Let them feel good. The fans go through it worse. The you know, the worst of all of us. It's more difficult for the fans." 
and he's just going to that's gonna just let them let them enjoy it let them believe let's let we need to match their expectations i'm like oh my god that's gonna be fab that's gonna be you know like obviously there's the bill nick quotes you know about you know like echo glory and all that stuff right i know we can't but if we win the league then i feel like that quote of you know like a shortened version of it like let them dream let them get carried away that's what supporting this football club's like there'll be like a like an abridged version of that exact like sentence yeah that will be like underneath his like mural or his statue because that is exactly the sentiment of what like this football club means to me personally is this idea of like it doesn't it's not that we have this built-in like right to win everything. We're not like Liverpool fans where there's like an expectation that they feel like they deserve it, that they're the, somehow like the gods of football and they deserve to get it. What I think we have is we have this thing of like we'd like to dream that it could happen and we like believe that it could happen. And I think other fan bases see that as like, oh, you lot are getting carried away, you're getting too big for your boots. But if you can't dream about winning it all, winning the biggest prizes, honestly, what is the point of football? What is the point of yeah. going on this journey? And it's so beautiful. And I was thinking about it and I was thinking most managers, because you guys were talking about it on the five statements on Patreon after the game, like most managers would say, oh, like we, we can't do it um, or we're not going to think about it because, you know, it's very difficult. And then give you a list of reasons why it's really difficult. He's not saying we're going to do it. Right. He's just saying, why not think about the potential of doing it? Why would you stop dreaming about trying to do something? Every football fan should do that. Every football fan should, like, before the season starts, think, God, imagine we won the league. Like, that'd be amazing. If, if you were basically, like, policing people's emotions and thoughts and dreams, and going, well, there's no point of even thinking about it because you're never going to do it, and here's a list of reasons why not. What we might as well just give City the title every year before the season starts and all just pack up and go home. It's the most beautiful thing about football is thinking you can play against any team and win. And he summed it up so perfectly and he just it honestly filled my heart with joy. It was so good. Well it's obviously he's been posed these questions what would success look like? And he goes, I don't I don't know how to answer that. The fans will tell me what success looks like at the end of the season. If the fans are happy, then I've been successful. He's just, it's bizarre. And, and, and the sort of, the, the Postacoglu loving, just outside of the Spurs fan base, is insane. Everybody loves him. So, yeah, I don't know. It will be, it will be interesting. I mean, not interesting. It'd be, I wonder how he's going to react when adversity comes, as it inevitably will. Yeah. And I, my feeling is that it will be as stoic, stoical and calm and straight-batted as he has been the entire time. Just Flav, how do you feel about everyone on board the uh, the Postacoglu train? Like outside of Tottenham, yeah, everyone loving him, keeping Priya. They should it? fuck off. The lot of them should fuck yeah, off. Yeah, good. He's ours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. He's not that's ours. Why, that's why I asked you. He, good, he, he's good nothing, yeah, he's nothing to do with you. He's nothing. Just fucking ignore him. It's like <laughs> like the other teams don't watch the YouTube videos explaining these tactics, and don't. No one's allowed to use these tactics. No one's allowed to talk about him, apart from us and Celtic. Because he was there. Don't use don't use his quotes for your team either. Yeah. Like just let. This is our our toy. This is our our thing. Just let us be. I do look at him. You've and got go, your own thing. This is mental. He look. I mean, he doesn't look like one of the biggest and best coaches in 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 the world. Nothing no. about Ange Postecoglou makes sense, and that's what's so strange, and that's what's so beautiful about it. Like the the journey he's made to get to Tottenham, one of the biggest. And as you notice, that he also said uh, that we're we're a bigger club than Celtic in the uh, Talk Sport interview. Did he? Yeah, he goes. To, well, he goes. Uh, oh, I can't remember exactly what he said, but it was something like, "Oh, we, we went from one of the most passionate uh, clubs in the world, Celtic, and now I'm at one of the biggest." <laughs> it's like, yeah. yeah, no, he he actually answered it beautifully because he said basically like one of the most famous clubs in the world, Celtic, to one of the biggest clubs in the world, Tottenham, yes. which is basically like. A beautiful way to both clubs and like if he ever leaves us I hope that he treats us with respect like he has with them because he, he could have done a Conte and like you know and like done a Kane and like mugged us off after the fact needlessly but he he, he the way he that. did that he with Celtic that. was he, exactly because he's he's just not that kind of guy but um just quickly on the Ange train I like this idea of like you know Flav's on the platform waiting for the Ange train to roll in 
And then, you know, some some member of the media is talking to him like, oh, he's so brilliant. Yeah, and brilliant. And just as the end change rolls in, Flav just turns his back, just boots him onto the track and the train just fucking runs him yeah. over. Yeah. Flash. Yeah, yeah. Pissed off. Yeah, just obliterated. Choo-choo, fuck off. <laughs> he's Next stop, train. can we? Yeah. <laughs> can we town? Um, yeah. Um, I, yeah, I... Yeah, he's not. It's not up for you. It's not up for you. It's like the same with Postacoglu, uh, Pochettino. We're everyone's second team. Like yeah. fuck that. First and foremost, Tottenham are the most hated team in the league. That's hands down. You can't just suddenly go. Oh no, we got a nice manager. Therefore, we don't hate you anymore. I'd say you will hate us when we're pushing our cocks down your throat. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? When they're when, when we're when we're going up to fucking the Etihad, dishing up wallops up there. When we go to the Emirates next week, beat them four nil. Like we're going to be your second team then, are we? When we're pushing your guts can you in. Ima- can, you, can you imagine that we we go to the Emirates and we get a result? I keep dreaming about it, Ricky. I keep dreaming Mate, about it. Slump them up their place, like slump them, like four or five. I can't feel, think about it. I feel like I'm in a strange place because um, every year we go there, um, at, we were in form and then the star mm. player gets an injury or someone can't play because uh, they had a red card previously, or we get there and within five minutes and Larice has already thrown the ball in the net, and you're like, fucking, like, just just an even kill. And I feel like this result against Sheffield United, we don't have any injuries that I know of. I think Lacelso, and that's it. Um, it just feels like... I don't want to say the stars no. are aligned, but this is our, this is our best chance. No one, it's, it's a very good chance. Very there, good chance. There should be no training this week. No training, no physical activities. <laughs> Everyone stays in their house. They should, all the players should be tagged. They're not allowed to spend more than 20 minutes out of the house. Everyone just stay safe. Because you're right. Every time we feel like we have this opportunity, things going well. Like, well, there'll be a, like a gonorrhea outbreak at the training ground. No one yeah. can play. Do you know what I mean? It's like... I, I actually just, I actually like, want, get, get weirdly, <laughs> yeah, I want them to give them the gonorrhea. I actually want them to um, to not change anything. I actually want, I'd hope Angie's like downplaying a little bit. Because I think the last couple of times we've gone there, to, to Rick's point, we've either gone in there with like loads of expectation and we've then just shit the bed and like seemingly just bottled it based on just being too hyped up and just it's all got a bit much for us. Or like you know, under Conte, where it's like we have one way of playing and when it doesn't work, we literally just don't know what to do. Yeah. I almost want him to just go into this game and be like, just relax. Like, just let's just go and play like we've been playing. Let's not, like, make this a big thing. And I know that's not, like, always the, the thing that fans talk about. Like, you want to, like, see Romero, like, smashing people to bits. I'd actually just quite like us to just look down on them a little bit and just be like, we don't care about you. We're just going to play this way and blow you off the park. I don't think there will and be anything other than that will happen, mate. I'm not yeah, saying blow them off I the park so. and all that sort of stuff. But you're, about the mentality and the way we play, there is very few in that squad, if any, that are really damaged by playing Arsenal. Yeah. Lloris isn't there. Got a new goalkeeper, full of confidence. Both fullbacks, you know, have no experience of the North London derby. You've got Son, Romero, maybe Kulisevsky, maybe. Yeah. yeah, And that's it. So, yeah. and Kulisevsky wasn't I even just, fit, yeah. didn't play last time. I just yeah. don't want us to, like, um, get, you know, like, if you've got, I don't know, like a, a job interview or you've got, like, a test of something, right? When you don't care as much, you normally just deliver, like, really well. Yeah. Like, if you've currently got a job and then someone goes, you want to interview for this other job and you, you interview for it, you don't care because you're like, well, I've already got a job. It doesn't really matter. It's kind of the same principle with this. I want us to just, like, do our best work and see what happens rather than, like, go, oh, my God, this is the biggest game. If we don't win this, then, you know, we'll know where we are. It's like, it doesn't really change anything. I think we have to remember the start of this season and the end of last season, we were like, I don't care about where we finish. I just want to enjoy the football. We've got that back now. Let's, like, Let's temper our. Um, I want to dream. We should all be dreaming and be excited. But at the same time, like, if we're playing great football and it doesn't quite go away, then nothing changes for me. I'm still no. like, there's you know loads of games. We've got to just stay like super positive. So like, let's just go in and just let's I, I just, just that, that's what's gonna be happen. excited about slumping them. Let's but, fucking but, let's slump them, mate. The bare minimum is that we're gonna go and we're gonna play, right? And we're gonna yeah. give it a go and, and we'll play our system. That's the bare minimum that we can expect, which has been completely. You know, it's just not there the last few times we played. It's been yeah. 
flat. we have a philosophy and a way of playing and there will it will not change regardless of who we play and if we do it and we play that way and we go to Arsenal uh, and 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 try to take control of the game and have success some success is doing it then it's just a case of some games you win some games you lose we may win we may lose they're a good side we're a good side and you know we'll see what happens but as long as they go in there with that this same identity which I can't see anything other than than, than that happening no. then that's all you can ask at this stage that'll be a sixth game in the Premier League we, we, this is we're in the embryotic stage of, of Postacoglu's Tottenham and look what we're doing so that game against Arsenal and a lot of people have been saying and we're going we're gonna to be doing a preview on, the Patre- on our Patreon as well a big, big preview of the Arsenal game and also we've got a, another pod on Thursday but we're going to be um, we're going to be looking at the game in depth for that and talking about having this similar sort of conversation then. But it's it's just it, some people have been saying it's like a free hit, like it it doesn't matter. It does matter because the North London derby it always matters. It always always matters. But what happens on Sunday does not define what is happening at Tottenham and doesn't draw a line on it or or cement it into something that it isn't. We're on the journey of something magical I can feel it I've never been this excited it took a while for Pochettino's Spurs to kick into gear and me for, to feel the way I feel now but it's almost identical to what it was back then eventually in that 2016 season this is uh, this is the start of something magical boys and girls Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Uh, got a question here from Zeus. He says, you're in a Titanic situation with Big Ange. He lets you lie on the door as, you bra- as he braves the ICC. With him, <laughs> with him slowly fading away, you ask him, is there anything you can do for him? He asks for one last blowy. <laughs> Do you give his dying wish? Do you give him his dying wish of an underwater blowy? Have you had an underwater blowy? They're not very good. Didn't make any sense. <laughs> I always felt like I sex it. in a swimming pool was weird because, like, surely as the penis centers, so does all the pool water. I just feel like it's really unhygienic for not if you've got a, a young one. lady. Or just like just makes it like an airlock. Yeah. Just wasn't there like a, a myth, like a a? There was a story that you could kill a woman by having sex with her underwater. I've you, never heard, heard that. that. Well, yeah, if you don't come up for air, she'll. Yeah. No, no, no. The, the the kind of you could thrust air into a panani and it kill her. Pump her up like a balloon and just explode. <laughs> uh, yeah, I did. I don't know. Well, I mean, if you would do it though, into the icy waters, and you're going in the die so that i i don't want to i don't want to die and do that like it's one or the other i'm yeah. and you've got to go mate i'm not getting i fucking hate the cold more than anyone honestly and getting into that icy water i'm no i can't do yeah. it i'll do anything else anything anything like above your neck because the rest of him's submerged <laughs> also with the with the cold he's going to struggle to like have a boner because it's going to be it's going to be all shriveled up so you're going to have to get him going as well like blow him up like a balloon right, uh, like shit, just start yeah. do you know what I mean like it's going to be hard to make him come when he's flaccid so you're going to have to like be working on him for quite a while I reckon <laughs> you have to keep coming up <laughs> I'm just imagining and I'm only imagining Ricky doing this he's, he's, he's going down and then he's giving him a nosh and then he's, he's every now and then after about 20 seconds Rick's got to come up for air <laughs> I don't like the taste of seawater oh, it's horrible that's not seawater mate my, <laughs> my eyes are stinging <laughs> I'm really scared of the open ocean I'm really into this uh, um, yes uh, what, um, mentioned Vicario as well two huge saves the part, oh, one yeah, at the beginning First half, I was like, that's in. As soon as it fell back to whoever it was who took the shot. Big save, big personality. And um, I've got to do a combined 11. I'm going on the Soccer Saturday with um, some Arsenal fan. And they've asked me to do a a combined 11 for Spurs-Arsenal. And I put Vicario in ahead of Ramsdale and Raya. (laughs) 
I'm yeah. just like, uh, yeah, I don't know. He's, it's like future in Italy, Italy number one. Best shot percentage save in the Premier League. No, no problem. This is my team. Did, just... did you enjoy his, uh, did you enjoy his run? We scored that goal, the yeah. the, uh, the injury time goal, and he just sprinted the length of the pitch to get involved. Yeah, love it. And he was there oh, for literally you... like four seconds, and then had to run back. <laughs> yeah, absolutely pegged it back. Can you please, when you when you talk about this topic, can you please like just say words to the effect of like, we bought Vicario to replace World Cup winning captain. You bought Raya to replace a guy who got relegated with Bournemouth. And then just leave it at yeah, that. And, it and makes you, no sense. It makes no sense, but it's insulting. Yeah, and also you, yeah. they, they don't even know who their best goalkeeper is. Like they don't, they don't even know who their their best goalkeeper is. So you can't say, you can't pick one of them over Vicario. I'm going Pedro yeah. Porro because Ben White ain't a right back, centre back. Yeah, I'm going obviously Saliba, Romero, and I'm going a Dogi yeah. left back, right? Yeah, and they're going to go with Dogi. What are you talking about? Zinchenko. They bought a replacement for him, Timber. Who's going to replace? Yeah, they, they they they're not even. He's not even his Arsenal's best left back. So it can't be in this. I've got Basuma over Rice. What what is uh, what, what's Rice done really? He's just played well for West Ham. He's played four games for so Basuma. Yeah, and I'm going Madison, <laughs> Odegaard obviously. And the I've got to concede the front and I have Son up top and then you know Martinelli and Saka. I guess it's hard to argue yeah, about that one. Don't. Don't back down on Son. He scored more goals than Burkamp, so just ne- never let him forget that. Has he? Son is and say that. So Son is better than Burkamp, and then when they go, ah, oh, Son, just go score more goals. And he's a striker. Oh, he's I've, done more goals than I've done that Shut before with Kane, Kane and uh, Henri. He scored more goals. There you go. What, there you go. Score more goals than Burkamp. Get, get, get him. Yeah. So Son. So 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 you're saying Son scored more goals than Burkamp? Son scored more Premier League goals than Burkamp has. Yeah, that's amazing. I'm bringing it up. I'm yeah, I tweeted it and I got fuck. It was great. Look at the glee in Flav's eyes when you said that. <laughs> I can't wait to say it. I cannot wait yeah. to say it. And I think if you, if because I did this as well. If you look at the stats, there's not that much between them assists wise. So like again, if you do like goals and assists, because they'll go. Oh, but Burkamp was more like creating assists. Like Sun's also got loads of assists. So if you combine those as well, I, I think don't... his stats look way better. So yeah, and while going on, sorry. I'm, what are we talking about? A number nine here or a number ten? What are we talking about? Yeah. And 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 you would say, and I'm, what I can say is, oh, this would be good. This will wind them up. Burkham did it in a, in a time where football was a lot weaker and a lot easier to play. Yeah, exactly. yeah, that'll wind them up, wouldn't it? Yeah, you, in a supposedly you, better team, in this supposedly this best team ever, but yet Sun's got way more goals. So shut your mat. Yeah, like Burkham probably couldn't cut it in this modern era. Wouldn't be useless. Can't press. It's slow as shit. Yeah, this is yeah. all good stuff. I don't even like. I like the fact. I don't. I don't believe what I'm saying. Like no, Burkham was matter. incredible, but I yeah, like saying it. You know this. Yeah. Do you know this is that thing about whenever I've done, done these, I've gone on about how much Arsenal have spent to build their squad, and apparently Spurs have spent like a similar amount. So my point doesn't work. But when they bring this up and show me the evidence, I go, "Why are you crying for? Just, just, you just lower the tone, lower the level." Make it playground stuff. If if you've been proved to be incorrect, find another way to get them. I only remembered the other day, uh, Burkamp. He was uh, scared of flying, so when they played in Europe, he had to drive. Yeah, to wherever wherever they played. Like play play on the Saturday, yeah. and then he's like, right, I'm I'm setting off now to Germany, lads. See, see you on Wednesday. <laughs> well, there you go, Flav. <laughs> if they, if they don't buy the Suns better than Burkamp, more goals, and they just go, yeah, but what about this? Just go, yeah. Well, he was scared of flying. <laughs> Son flies to South Korea all the time. <laughs> I can't, I'm not sure I can say that. He's got more air miles. He's got more air miles. Yeah. Shut up. Uh, Rick, you got to go. Quarter three. Yeah, I've got to go. All See right. you now, boys. Cheers, Rick. Um, we'll just finish up these last couple of questions. John Boy. Uh, later on, Rick. Later on. Um, Frasino says, I've got, this, got an Arsenal fan who lives around the back of my house. When they're playing, I always hear him shouting, swearing, and cheering. How do I deal with this if things go badly on Sunday? But if things go well, what should I do to gloat? If things go badly, just set fire to his house. <laughs> it just doesn't sound like he's got a house. It just says he lives around the back of my house. Like he's just, a, he's just a fragrant <laughs> roaming around the alleys and just like <laughs> with 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 five G. Yeah, just watching it on his iPad. Is it? Yeah, is, he, is he some sort of? Is he some sort of um, vagrant? Yeah, some sort of nomad. I mean, it makes sense because Arsenal, you know, they don't have a home, do they? So yeah, he probably just 
yeah, used to moving in on other people's territory, so it makes sense. So you're, what you're describing is uh, fundamentally is, is is your space has been invaded by the mm. one of them smelly pricks, yeah. and that is my entire childhood and my first long-term relationship. So I had I, I grew up in Holloway, gooners everywhere. I went to Highbury Grove School, gooners everywhere. I met my first missus. Get back to her house. There is a there is literally in their front room. Do you know the Pelini stickers? Mm. The, the team squad stickers. They're the entire yeah. Arsenal team on oh the wall. Gosh. And I'm walking in there. I was with her 14 years, John. Man, so that's rough. What you've got to understand, Frasino, right, is there is nothing they can really say or do to hurt you because they're all weird. They're just a weird bunch of people. Like, I've got to do this thing on Sky with an Arsenal fan. And there is no part of me that has any issue with doing it because there's nothing any of them could ever say that could hurt me or, or impact me in any negative fashion because they're a weird bunch. It's what a weird football club. They, they are a weird little football club. Yeah, but yeah, if, if we win, then just... Set fire to then just go nuts yeah go nuts go absolutely berserk and just like playing songs the works like just go do whatever you want uh, either way set fire to his house yeah yeah if if uh, indeed he does live there and he's not just living on your property um because if he's living on your property set and fire, set fire to, your to that house, house <laughs> that is really extreme this will show him just <laughs> <laughs> burns his own house love it uh and we've got um we've got a question here from mike Asher. Asherikti Mike track on Twitter he says when can you come to Ottawa Spurs and do a live podcast also drinks on us what about the flights on you yeah. what about you what about Mike, do you know what I mean like talking, dr- we, drink I can afford drinks Ott- it's Ott- not drinks in the problem it's the flights Ott- to Canada Ott- mate Canada's Ottawa right Canada that's what I thought um, yeah I, I'd imagine you'd know better than me there Mike right but I'd imagine that would cost us about two grand each to fly so um, yeah I yeah, maybe not I, I don't even I won't even get the train to London to record with the boys in person anymore. So I'm definitely not flying to Ottawa. Yeah, um, people always talk about us doing like a North American tour. And I'm like, yeah, but one, except for Flav, we all have actual jobs. So we can't just go, <laughs> oh, sorry, work. I'm a bit busy this week. Where, where are you going? I'm just doing some podcasts in Ottawa. Um, second of all, the cost, the cost is pretty expensive to fly and then to fly in and around. And then we've got to stay somewhere. Plus yeah. our, our extortionate fees, of course. So, like, this is just, you know, outside the realm. Yeah. Anything to add, John Boy? One one last thing. Yeah. We didn't mention it when we were speaking about it. Kulu's two touches and then finish oh. was absolutely... Not only was it beautiful, because it was like a pirouette turn, you know, that sort of like, take a touch, opens up your body, take another touch into space, and then just, like, smash it. It was just so perfect in the space he had to work in. Like, that was just... It was The whole goal was actually a beautiful goal. Like, uh, Rishi's pass, the two touches to set up the space, and then the finish. It was... I think because we were all carried away with the emotion, we sort of forgot to really, like, interrogate how much of a brilliant, brilliant goal that was. It was absolutely quality. And, I, yeah, loved it. And I just kept, I couldn't stop watching it back. Just, like, the, the touches were just sexual to me. Loved it. I actually thought, because he went to his right foot, and I was like, oh, shit. And I thought all this in like very, 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 very short amount of time, obviously. I've got the ball, oh, shit, it's on his right foot. There's a defender covering him, and he hits it, and it goes in the the, the opposite side of the goal that I assumed it was going to go yeah. in. I think he hits it for his legs, I think. It was just a wonderful, wonderful moment. And like, I'm watching the video here, and I'm going to play the audio, and then, and, then, and then we'll end it. But... There's this, there's this video we post on TikTok and it's a guy who's filming from inside the ground and it's it's just when Rishi gets the ball and he squares it to, to Kulosevsky. But the sounds that people are making are ones that would be so familiar to anyone who's lucky enough to go and watch Spurs play regularly. In the build-up to the goal, I'll play it now and we'll say goodbye, John. But uh, yeah, this is, this is absolutely wonderful. Listen to this.
Gonna come and run it by the funny like a dummy in the bummy of your mummy Fighting cock and we don't give a shit Everybody knows flat baits and prick We can get a sticky in the mini sucking willy When you're getting grilly, yeah, you gonna bang the milli Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.